Section 26 of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Evanston. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Section 26, Part 5, Chapter 15a, Security Protections. Chapter 15, Security Protections. Since the earliest days of the Republic, Congress has expressed concern over the activities of subversive aliens in our midst. The Alien Act of 1798 authorized the President to order the departure of any alien whom he deemed dangerous to the United States. The Alien Enemy Act of 1798, passed two weeks later, permitted the apprehension, restraint, and removal of alien enemies, if deemed necessary for the public safety. The first law was so unpopular and violated such fundamental American principles that it was allowed to expire after two years. The second, limited in application to time of war or threatened invasion, is still in effect. It was not, however, until 1903 that the law barred the entry of aliens who were regarded as inimical to the safety and security of the country. By a 1903 statute, Anarchists and those who believed in or advocated the forcible overthrow of the government of the United States, or of all forms of government, or the assassination of public officials, were denied admission to the United States. These provisions were continued and strengthened in 1907 and 1917. The Anarchist Act of 1918, as amended in 1920, enlarged the description of aliens classed as subversive. It barred from the United States aliens who write, publish, or cause to be written or published, or circulate, distribute, or display, or possess for such purposes any written or printed matter advising, advocating, or teaching opposition to organized forms of government, or the overthrow by force or violence of government, or the killing of officers generally, or unlawful damage to or destruction of property or sabotage. The Supreme Court in 1939 had occasion to interpret the laws which authorized the exclusion of aliens deemed subversive and the deportation of those in the United States who were members of or affiliated with subversive organizations. The Supreme Court's decision required a finding by the government of present membership or affiliation in order to support the exclusion or deportation of an alien. However, the Congress reversed this situation in the Alien Registration Act of 1940, which made such membership at any time a ground for exclusion and deportation. Other enactments between 1940 and 1950 
generally strengthened and, to some extent, enlarged the description of classes to be excluded or deported from the United States as subversives, and authorized the denial of visas to and the exclusion of aliens seeking to enter the United States for the purpose of engaging in activities which would endanger public safety. In the years immediately following the close of hostilities of World War II, a growing awareness developed of the inadequacies of existing law to cope with communism's drive for world domination. To meet this increasing threat, Congress enacted the Internal Security Act of 1950. This act greatly enlarged the proscribed classes of subversive aliens. For the first time, the Communist Party was mentioned by name. The terms Communism, Communist Organization, Communist Front Organization, Totalitarianism, Advocates, and Doctrine were defined by statute. Moreover, the Act makes membership, association, or affiliation with an organization required to register as a subversive organization under the Subversive Activities Control Act of 1950, a ground for exclusion and deportation. In addition, the discretion of the Attorney General to admit subversive aliens under pre-existing legislation was completely eliminated with respect to aliens returning to the United States to resume a permanent residence after a temporary absence abroad. Subversive aliens seeking temporary admission could do so only under a severely curtailed discretion of the Attorney General, and where exercised, the Attorney General was required to make a detailed report to Congress. Many provisions of the Internal Security Act of 1950 were attacked at the time as being unnecessarily harsh, improper, and not in the best interests of the country. The provisions of the Internal Security Act of 1950 have been carried forward into the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952 without substantial change. The only significant difference in the treatment of subversive aliens under the 1952 Act is that the definition of totalitarian party is limited to an organization which advocates the establishment of a totalitarian dictatorship or totalitarianism in the United States. This would bar admission of members of the Communist Party, but some have expressed concern that it would not bar from the United States members of the Nazi, Fascist, or Falange parties. Security Screening Process The various administrative agencies have endeavored to establish effective processes to screen out and bar subversive people. The State Department has devised an elaborate screening process in an attempt to ascertain whether applicants for visas come within the statutory designations of subversives. The law requires each applicant for a visa 
to prepare a lengthy documented application. In addition, the consular officers usually require the alien to submit a questionnaire designed when completed to provide a basis for a background check of the alien from a security point of view. After an examination of the papers submitted by the alien, sources of information available in the local foreign service posts of the United States and so-called lookout notices from the Department of State and the Department of Justice are checked. American officers at the Foreign Service Post, such as the military, naval, air, or economic attaches, are consulted to ascertain whether their respective spheres of operation have uncovered any information which might have a bearing on the alien's admissibility. Checks with other sources of information available abroad are utilized wherever practicable. The alien is invited to appear at the consular establishment to be examined under oath concerning his background and other factors bearing upon his eligibility for admission to the United States. If any derogatory information is uncovered, further action on the alien's application is suspended pending additional examination or pending reference of the application to the Department of State. Should the derogatory information indicate that the alien falls within one of the prescribed subversive classes, the interrogation is usually conducted more thoroughly in order firmly to establish the facts relating to the alien's admissibility. The alien may or may not be given an opportunity to rebut the derogatory information on file. The consular officer may, of course, refuse to issue a visa at any stage of the investigation, but if he entertains any doubt as to the alien's admissibility from a security standpoint, he is required by regulation to refer the case to the Department of State for an advisory opinion. For former voluntary members of proscribed organizations, no visa may be issued without an advisory opinion. If an advisory opinion from the Department of State is unfavorable, no visa may be issued. However, even if the Department of State renders a favorable advisory opinion, the consular officer may still refuse a visa as he sees fit. Wherever possible, the Department of State conducts an independent and supplemental security check utilizing various intelligence facilities of our government. Special provisions of law which relate to accredited officials of foreign governments or representatives of foreign governments to international organizations generally make impossible the application of normal screening processes to them. On the other hand, classes of aliens who, because of their profession, occupation, or previous status, present special problems, are subjected to even closer scrutiny and additional checks. Possession of a visa does not entitle an alien to enter the United States. A visa is, in effect, 
a permit to apply for admission. An alien with a visa who applies for admission to the United States is required to satisfy the Attorney General that he is eligible under the immigration laws for admission. The Immigration and Naturalization Service has authority to make a completely independent security check upon an alien presenting a visa. Immigration officials at this point have the benefit of advice and information from various intelligence sources in the United States and elsewhere. Once an alien is in the United States, he may be deported for subversive activities. The investigations preceding the arrest in deportation and the consequent hearing may have been made by one or more of the several intelligence agencies of the United States government or may have been conducted by the Immigration and Naturalization Service. Thus, at each stage of the immigration process, the issuance of a visa, the admission at ports of entry, or deportation, the facilities for the detection or apprehension of the subversive alien represent the combined efforts of many intelligence and investigating agencies in addition to the agencies administering the immigration law. The Commission made efforts to learn whether security agencies and those responsible for the administration of the immigration laws had any specific recommendations to make in order to strengthen the security provisions of such and related laws. At the time these efforts were made, the Act of 1952 had not become effective. However, the Commission is able to report that as of the time of its inquiry, the security measures in the laws and regulations were believed to be adequate. The sole exception was the suggestion that the Commission recommend provisions to enable immigration authorities to exclude applicants for visas who are active members of or believe in the principles advocated by Nazi, fascist, and other such totalitarian organizations. Generally speaking, the immigration laws deal with three groups of subversives. One, spies and saboteurs. Two, present members and affiliates of subversive organizations. And three, former members or affiliates of subversive organizations. Spies and Saboteurs The Act of 1952 makes ineligible to receive a visa and requires the exclusion of, quote, aliens who the consular officer or the attorney general knows or has reason to believe seek to enter the United States solely, principally, or incidentally to engage in activities which would be prejudicial to the public interest or endanger the welfare, safety, or security of the United States. Aliens with respect to whom the consular officer or the attorney general knows or has reasonable ground to believe probably would, after entry, a engage in activities which would be prohibited by the laws of the United States 
relating to espionage, sabotage, public disorder, or in other activity subversive to the national security, b. Engage in any activity a purpose of which is the opposition to or the control or overthrow of the government of the United States by force, violence, or other unconstitutional means, or c. Join, affiliate with, or participate in the activities of any organization which is registered or required to be registered under Section 7 of the Subversive Activities Control Act of 1950." End quote. Such aliens, even if they are permanent residents, returning after a temporary absence abroad, are specifically denied the benefits of the exercise of discretion. Provisions relating to the parole of aliens into the United States or to the waiver of documents for non-immigrant aliens are not intended by Congress to include these subversive aliens, save for the possible purpose of prosecution for crime. Such aliens may be deported at any time without regard to when they entered the United States. Legislation which establishes an absolute bar against admission to the United States of those whose purpose in entering is to engage in activities which violate our laws relating to espionage, sabotage, public disorder, or national security must remain on our statute books and be strictly enforced. These statutory provisions give authority to deal with spies and saboteurs. However, the Act of 1952 gives a consular officer the absolute and unreviewable power to bar aliens whom he, quote, knows or has reason to believe seek to enter the United States solely, principally, or incidentally to engage in activities which would be prejudicial to the public interest. End quote, or with respect to whom the consular officer quote, knows or has reasonable ground to believe probably would, after entry, end quote, engage in subversive activities. Elsewhere, Chapter 11, the Commission discusses unreviewable administrative action. The difficulties are here aggravated because the statutory language is so undefined. It is susceptible of as many different interpretations as there are men applying it. Such absolute and unreviewable discretion is not necessary for the protection of the security of the United States. The statute should, without doubt, leave ample room for the exercise of discretion for the protection of the national security but it should contain definite standards to guide administrative action so as to guard against abuse. The vague language of the Act of 1952 does not meet this need, and it should be revised so as to specify that it applies to aliens who seek to enter or who are believed to be seeking to enter for the purpose of violating the criminal laws of the United States relating to espionage, sabotage, and public order, 
or violating the laws relating to the protection of the conduct of military and foreign affairs, and relating to the protection of other activities and functions of the government and other public agencies, national, state, and local, upon which the national security depends. The Administrative Review elsewhere recommended for visa denial, exclusion, and deportation actions should be applicable here. Chapter 11. Present Members and Affiliates of Subversive Organizations The law forbids entry to aliens who are anarchists or who are members or affiliates of the Communist Party or other totalitarian organizations, or who advocate or teach opposition to or violent overthrow of all organized government, or who write, publish, display, or circulate, or who possess for circulation any written or printed matter which teaches or advocates world communism, opposition to or forceful overthrow of government, the killing of officers of government, the destruction of property, or sabotage. Subversive aliens barred from admission to the United States are not limited to those who are members of the proscribed organizations, but also includes those who are affiliated with such groups. With respect to all classes of subversive aliens, except anarchists, the law authorizes the issuance of a visa to such an alien if he establishes to the satisfaction of a consular officer and the consular officer finds that the membership or affiliation of the alien in a subversive organization is involuntary or occurred when the alien was under 16 years of age. It is necessary, in addition, however, that at the time the alien applies for admission to the United States, the Attorney General must independently be satisfied and also find that the alien to whom a visa was so issued was involuntarily a member of or affiliated with any of the enumerated subversive classes. The law authorizes the deportation of any alien who at the time of entry was within any of the classes excluded by law. It also provides for the deportation of any member of each of the categories of subversive aliens who is, or at any time after entry has become, a member of any of the proscribed classes of subversive aliens. Discretionary relief in connection with deportation is denied to aliens who are present members of subversive groups. There can be no doubt that present members or affiliates of subversive organizations should be excluded from the United States. The issue is what is to be regarded as member, affiliate, or a subversive organization. In these respects, the Commission believes that our present laws are not adequate. In part, the difficulty is that the Act of 1952 is lengthy, complex, repetitive, and obscure. As to membership, 
The Commission believes that the provision of the present law exempting involuntary members is desirable and sound. The purpose of the immigration law should be to bar only those aliens who, by their membership or affiliation with subversive groups, have identified themselves with the aims and principles of those groups. These exemptions should be interpreted broadly so that the statutory injunction will encompass only those who were subversives at heart and will not reach those who were merely nominal members or as a result of compulsion or mistake. Such involuntary membership or affiliation merits the exception which the statute gives it. Affiliation is not fully defined in the 1952 Act, and the statute merely states, quote, the giving, loaning, or promising of support or of money or any other thing of value for any purpose to any organization shall be presumed to constitute affiliation therewith, but nothing in this paragraph shall be construed as an exclusive definition of affiliation." End quote. This definition is an improvement over the similar one contained in the Internal Security Act of 1950, which made the giving, loaning, or promising of support or of money a conclusive presumption of affiliation. Nevertheless, even this improved definition should be read in the light of the congressional expression of need for legislation controlling subversive activities contained in the Internal Security Act of 1950. Quote, in carrying on the activities referred to in paragraph 6, establishment of communist totalitarian dictatorship as part of the world communist movement, such communist organizations in various countries are organized on a secret conspiratorial basis and operate to a substantial extent through organizations commonly known as communist fronts, which in most instances are created and maintained or used in such manner as to conceal the facts as to their true character and purposes and their membership. One result of this method of operation is that such affiliated organizations are able to obtain financial and other support from persons who would not extend such support if they knew the true purposes of and the actual nature of the control and influence exerted upon such communist fronts. End quote. The security of the United States must be protected against aliens guilty of true affiliation with subversive organizations. However, the statutory definition of affiliation condemns those who give support to front organizations for any purpose and thus may reach the innocent as well as the guilty. The definition of affiliation should make it clear that the law bars those aliens who by their support or contribution or other form 
of affiliation knowingly and willingly seek to further the subversive aims and principles of the organizations. This proposal is in keeping with the present law's provision authorizing the admission to the United States and the naturalization of aliens who became affiliated with a communist organization without knowledge of its character. In one respect, the Act of 1952 leaves a security loophole and so does not go far enough to protect the national security. Although the statute attempts to encompass every activity and belief that might be deemed subversive, it fails to ban members or affiliates of foreign totalitarian organizations other than communist. It bars admission to quote, aliens who are members of or affiliated with for the communist or any other totalitarian party of any state of the United States, of any foreign state, or of any political or geographical subdivision of any foreign state, end quote. Comprehensive though it sounds, this subsection may not bar Nazis, fascists, or other totalitarian groups who are not communists. This clause was carried forward verbatim from the Internal Security Act of 1950, but whereas the Internal Security Act defines the terms totalitarian dictatorship and totalitarianism as, quote, systems of government not representative in fact, characterized by a, the existence of a single political party organized on a dictatorial basis with as close an identity between such party and its policies and the governmental policies of the country in which it exists, that the party and the government constitute an indistinguishable unit and b, the forcible suppression of opposition to such party." End quote. The Act of 1952 adds to the above definition the following, quote, the term totalitarian party means an organization which advocates the establishment in the United States of a totalitarian dictatorship or totalitarianism. End quote. Both the Senate and House committee reports are silent on the significance of the definition limiting a totalitarian party to one which advocates the establishment of totalitarianism, quote, in the United States, end quote. It would appear, however, that the new definition is intended to exclude from the ban of the immigration laws totalitarian parties such as the Nazis, fascists, and phalangists who are believed not to advocate the establishment of a totalitarian dictatorship in the United States. No less than communism, other forms of totalitarianism degrade the dignity of man and deprive him of those rights which are Declaration of Independence holds to be unalienable. It is contended that the law should make a distinction between
present membership in the Communist Party and present membership in other totalitarian parties on the ground that communism is the only present menace. While such a distinction appears plausible in the light of the imminence of the communist peril, the resurgence of neo-Nazism and neo-fascism in Germany and Italy underlines the danger of treating such totalitarian movements too lightly. Nazi and fascists and other advocates of totalitarianism may not be developing plans today to overthrow the government of the United States or any other democratic government by force and violence. There was a period, however, when they did attempt to dominate the world. The cost of stopping that effort was the heaviest ever paid in the history of the world. The millions of graves of those who died that democracy might survive or who perished as victims of mass murder, the hundreds of thousands who were maimed, the millions who were stripped of their possessions and forced to undergo undescribable suffering, privation, and misery, the destruction of the economic resources of once prosperous and happy peoples. These results of the evil ambitions, the cruelties of Nazism and fascism should keep the United States alert forevermore to the danger from that source. The communists and the Nazis pooled their ideologies and their plans for world conquest to begin World War II. The subsequent disintegration of that unholy partnership was fortunate for the democracies, but we shall be inviting disaster if we receive the disciples of one form of totalitarianism while arming for defense against the other. The Commission deems the present adherence of all forms of totalitarianism to be hostile to our way of life and believes they should be banned from the United States. A problem that has troubled the Commission has been the undesirable alien who is a product of our own society. Elsewhere, the Commission has urged that such aliens not be deported. Where such an alien is a present subversive, a special issue arises. Apart from the fact that such an alien is a product of our society, the difficulty, as pointed out to the Commission by the Immigration and Naturalization Service, is that deportation orders for subversives often prove futile. Mr. Justice Jackson succinctly stated the problem in his dissenting opinion in United States versus Spector, 343 U.S. 169 at pages 179 through 180. Quote, a deportation policy can be successful only to the extent that some other state is willing to receive those we expel. But, except selected individuals who can do us more harm abroad than here, what communist power will cooperate 
with our deportation policy by receiving our expelled communist aliens. And what non-communist power feels such confidence in its own domestic security that it can risk taking in persons this stable and powerful republic finds dangerous to its security. World conditions seem to frustrate the policy of deportation of subversives. Once they gain admission here, they are our problem and one that cannot be shipped off to some other part of the world." End quote. A law which cannot be enforced brings the entire administration of justice into disrepute. The commission requested the Immigration and Naturalization Service for advice and recommendations to meet the problem of aliens who are under orders of deportation but cannot be deported because no country will accept them. The answer was that the Internal Security Act of 1950 had provided, and the Act of 1952 had contained, certain limited sanctions to aid in effectuating an order of deportation against persons in the subversive, criminal, and other undesirable groups and that no other methods of dealing with this matter had been devised. Under such circumstances, therefore, the Commission believes that this country should accept as its own responsibility all those aliens who are the product of our own society. The Commission recommends that 1. Present members of subversive or totalitarian organizations or persons who, by their present affiliation with such organizations, manifest their belief in or sympathy with the aims and principles of such organizations should be denied visas and should be excluded from admission to the United States. Present membership or affiliation should create a presumption of such belief or sympathy subject to countervailing evidence to prove that such membership or affiliation was involuntary. 2. The definition of totalitarian party, totalitarian dictatorship, and totalitarianism should be clarified so that it embraces all aliens in sympathy with the governmental theories and policies of totalitarianism as that word is defined in the Internal Security Act of 1950. 3. Affiliation, as used in the immigration laws, should be defined so that it embraces only those aliens who, by their action and conduct, have demonstrated an association with totalitarian groups because of sympathy for or agreement with the subversive aims and principles of such groups. 4. Alien members or affiliates of subversive organizations who were lawfully admitted to the United States for permanent residence prior to reaching the age of 16 years or who were lawfully admitted for permanent residence and have resided in the United States continuously for at least 20 years should not be subject to deportation 
but should be dealt with in the same manner as subversive citizens. End of section 26. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Evanston.